Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Waifus and Weeaboos podcast, where tonight we are live on twitch.tv slash sourcesensei1, where we are doing my top 10 favorite male and female characters from the 2022 anime year. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going over the entire year of 2022 i went through i dug through everything i've watched over probably a hundred different shows um this year uh including some sequels mainly a whole bunch of new stuff and here we are today in february where i'm finally i i wrote down my list i i looked at everything i i i jotted down who left the bigger impacts on me who left the bigger imp impressions on me <clears throat> excuse me i'm battling a little bit of a chest cold too so i apologize about that but um here we are today with my top 10 males my top 10 favorite male and female characters from this year and if you don't know by now my name is nick and along with my favorite characters of the year i am going to give you a little sneak peek of my uh year in review as well so in the year interview episode that we got coming next week uh, i got a whole bunch of different categories including best girl and best boy or best male and best female as well well tonight ladies and gentlemen you're gonna get the first opportunity to hear who i think is the best male character of the year and who i think is the best female character of the year they just so happen to be my top 10 favorites as well so tonight you will know in my opinion, unbiased, I try to be, you know, I try to be as fair and, uh, um, you know, I try to be as fair as possible and not like say like, oh, my waifu or my husbando is the best thing since sliced bread and that's the best character of the year. No, I try to be, I do try to be a little unbiased. I try to be fair and I try to be a little bit open-minded about these things. Um, I know I might get feedback, I know I might get flack from my male character um, and possibly my female character as well, but I'm okay with that because I think my uh, my views and opinions on each of them are pretty valid. Um, but yeah, we are live on Twitch right now where you can be seeing who I got going. Um, we are rocking the Eagles gear as always because we are a couple. We are about you know eight or nine days away from Super Bowl Sunday, and you should all know by now that I'm a gigantic Eagles fan. So sorry if that threw everybody off, but uh, I try not to bring sports into the mix. With anime podcasts because i don't want to lose like listeners like that way like oh this guy's a fucking eagles fan god hell no uh so i try not to i don't even know why i said that i do you can just ex you can just nix all that i might have i might even just cut this from the episode but we'll see i don't know i might leave it in for fun what the hell um but yeah so tonight we're going to be talking about my top 10 males and females and <clears throat> excuse me you're probably, you're probably going to get a lot of coughing as well which i'll try to mute along the way so i apologize about that in advance um again i am battling a little bit of a chest cold the weather in in the weather in on the east coast of america right now has just been crazy it's been like 50 and 60 and then back to 20 and it's just been wild it's really been messing with a lot of people's uh you know emotions lately so with that said let's get into it coming in we're gonna start off with the males of course you know gotta talk gotta talk about the little bit of the husbandos first but uh coming in at number 10 my 10th favorite male character of the season or of, of the year sorry now i got the hiccups now too is arc from skeleton knight in another world um i just i just really loved arc as a character like he's his whole concept of just being like I like the idea of Ark being able to turn into a human, but he was just like still still a skeleton. Um, I thought that concept was pretty cool. The fact that like he could just eat and like drink kind of like whatever he wanted and like did not really have any ramifications was pretty cool as well. And granted that first episode of Skeleton Knight was a little like shocking, but he's a badass dude. Ark is a badass dude, and he really left a big impression on me, especially when he befriended uh he befriended Ponta and he befriended um um Orion, the elf girl as well. So I really like the chemistry that they uh, that all three of them had. 
but Ark was a badass. Ark was a badass main character. I will say that. Um, and I just really liked him a lot. The voice, um, big props to the voice actor as well. The voice actor played a big role in me liking him. But um, yeah, I I just thought Ark was an awesome character. Um, very interesting, very funny, and that's why he came in at number ten on my list. So after Ark. Got a little bit of a curveball here. I think uh, I think this guy went a little bit unnoticed. And I think he got put on the back burner. Mainly because I feel like anything in the winter. and Like where we're at now. Anything in the winter and spring of last year. Um, really got put on the back burner. But this guy personally really left a strong impression with me. And mainly because he was just a badass dude. And he... And like any guy who could come back from falling into a pool of lava is pretty okay with me. And that's my boy, Bisco Akaboshi. Um, Sabaki Bisco is a wild anime that I feel like should, that I feel like does not get the attention that it deserves. It feels to me like kind of a, honestly, it, sh I, it feels to me like it's on par with Trigun. Um, and I know that's a very bold statement, but I see a lot of similarities between Sabuke Bisco and Trigun in the sense that I see a lot of similarities between Bisco and Vash the Stampede. Um, they're both wield, you know, one wields a revolver, one wields bow. They both have some sort of supernatural abilities. If you're watching Trigun now, a little bit of a spoiler there for you, I guess. I mean, the original show has been around for such a long time, so if you haven't been spoiled now, you kind of just got a little bit spoiled there. So I apologize about that. Um, but I see a lot of I see a lot of Vash and Bisco, and Bisco like has that like little like edge to him as well. Like he has that little bit of an edge that took him above the Vash standards. In my opinion, like Vash is a little bit more laid back, whereas Bisco is a little bit more outgoing and like loudmouthed at the end of the day. Um, but he wasn't he wasn't afraid to get his fucking hands dirty. Bisco was that guy. Um, and like his powers were cool. Like, they, like, what is it? His knowledge of mushrooms. Right. Was just fucking cool. I like the con. I'm a big mushroom guy. I love eating mushrooms and. The reason why I love eating mushrooms is because it comes down to my days of being a big Super Mario fan. I mean, like, I grew up with Super Mario. He and Super Mario was is he's the mushroom man, like he, the fucking mushroom man. So, like, I grew to have a love for all different kinds of mushrooms. So, like, I don't know, like that kind of like put me that kind of like hit me like with more a little with a little bit with a uh, Bisco. But there were some crazy scenes like, when he fights that fucking arm stink, dude. Whew, that episode is wild. But again, I think he's a character that was slept on um, this year as a whole. But I thoroughly enjoyed him. I love his design. His eyes are cool. The fact that he fights with a bow and arrow is cool. And uh, he gets a little action, too. He gets a little action. Um, so, Bisco coming in at number nine. <clears throat> coming in at number eight. Coming from the summer season, a kid trying to just become a vampire... Um, is Yamori Ko. Ko's development throughout, uh, throughout Call of the Night was pretty interesting. Like, he went from, like, he was never suicidal in the show at all, but he was kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? He had like suicidal tendencies, I guess you can say. Like just wanted to be outside in the dark, just wanted to be alone, like didn't want to do with anything. Um, and then he meets Nazuna and like she basically changes his life. And you see that his time together with her obviously has a big impact on him. But the development from that, like the like she was the fuse that lit the fire, and that fire grew, and like you see the fire in him just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And he's taking on different challenges. He's taking on different tasks. He's doing different things. He's a little bit more open-minded. Uh, he struggles with himself to to understand, like, does he, like, 
Is becoming a vampire what he really wants? Is the nighttime what he really wants? Does he want to go back to school? So he's a pretty... He's a pretty... I think he's a really well-written character, but in the sense of, like, he doesn't really know what he wants um, until the end of the season. And even then, he's not completely sure um, if that's what he wants, but it's a step forward to uh, making big boy decisions down the line. Um, but yeah, the, there are a lot of big moments for Ko, for me, really, um, that resonate with me. I love them. I thought he was a great character. Again, well-written character. Um, and that's why he's coming in at number eight on my list. Coming in at number seven, and I think this guy would have been higher had it not been for COVID fucking on his show twice um because he was in a show that was that was just very simple and like just did not take a lot to do but it left a big impact on me and we still have one more episode to go but he deserved to be in this top list and he's coming in at number seven and that's oji-san or uncle from isekai oji-san like just that smile, man. Just that fucking smile. The like he I feel like he would be all of us if we were to like fall into a coma and go into another world. Honestly, I really do f I mean not in the sense of like uh these other world like babes, elves, whatever would be like fawning all over him. But in the fact that, like, you'd be asleep for 17 years, you'd wake up. Like, you got to think about that. Like, like I'll give an example. Like, the N64 came out in 1996, right? You go 17 years later. That's 2006 is 10 years. Um, and then seven years from that is what? 2000, 2013, right? So, in that sense, we're looking at what? the that like the middle to end of the wii u like we're looking at the wii u maybe beginning we're looking at the ps3 going into the ps4 i would say uh xbox 360 xbox one um the whole nine yards so like you go from an n60 like you go into this coma like playing Super Mario Brothers and like you wake up and you're like, oh, yo, where's my, you know, what happens at the end? Like, I got to beat Super Mario Brothers and you find out like Yoshi's on top of the castle. Like, and you're just like, Jesus Christ, you know, like, and you got to think like the cell phone, like differentials with two, like 2013, you get like, I like iPhones and shit. I, I, I just see like, like a lot of like, like us would be like Oji-san when he comes back to the real world. So um, and to be able to bring here magic powers back to the real world is pretty cool as well. Um, just a very, like a very non, uh, and a very unorthodox, that's the word I was looking for, a very unorthodox, likable character. Cause like, he's not a handsome guy. He's portrayed to be like an ugly dude. I mean, in the, in the world, he gets, you probably hear the wind out there right now in the world. He gets isekai too. Like he's considered an ogre because of how fucking ugly it is. It's funny, but like, it's kind of fucked up as well. Um, but he's awesome. I loved Oji-san uh, throughout the whole show. And I, I, I guess the final episode is going to air in April. I don't know. COVID really fucked their studio. Oh no, it wasn't COVID. I'm sorry. It was, it was COVID in the beginning. I don't mean no disrespect. So it was COVID in the beginning and why I got delayed, but then it got delayed again because there was a death um, and I just remembered this, so I apologize. Uh, one of the crew members had passed away. So I think they were given, like, grieving time. Um, and then they're going to finish it in April for that. So no disrespect on that part. So it was COVID and then an unfortunate uh, passing of the crew. So really looking forward to seeing that finish. And Oji-san coming in at number seven. Coming in at number six. He's your boy. Wait, I fucked that all up. He's my boy. And of course, he's your boy, Kong Meng. 
Your boy Kong Ming, like, man. Again, I don't want to give anything away for for my 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 award show. Um, for what I think is my favorite, um, like my list for this for past year or whatever. But your boy Kong Ming was definitely one of the biggest surprises of the year. Um, I did not expect your boy Kong Ming to be so good, and I did not expect Kong Ming himself to be just such an awesome fucking character. I don't really know, like. I said this in the um I said this in the Raven of the Inner Palace review that I'm not big on like Chinese anime, like the Chinese anime that come like I guess the Chinese anime, whatever, like anime based around like the Chinese culture or whatever. And I don't know much about Kong Ming, but like I I, I would assume like I didn't do any more research into this, but I would assume like the stuff that the stuff that happened in the show and the stuff they talked about, like in his past, and like the tactics he used to like help um like help everybody along their way like like uh, achieve their goals like i would assume like they were pretty damn accurate in that sense um but it was just a great show and he just made it so much better um just vibing to the fucking shibuya like the modern day shibuya with like the glasses and shit and like he's he's mingling with people he's just like the like he's a goaded manager goaded manager um and it just so happens that he falls to Shibuya in like the middle, like on Halloween. Everything, like everything, just turned out well for Kong, for for your boy Kong Ming. And then as soon as your boy Kong Ming happened, like I got to see like some cosplayers dressed up like him. I'm like, damn, y'all, y'all really act fast when it comes to these cosplays. Um, but they're really damn good. Uh, and he just made the show so much better. I thought, I thought, here's how I thought your boy Kong Ming was gonna die, or I thought your boy Kong Ming was gonna end. Um. And the the girl's name is escaping me right now, and it, it's killing me that I'm not remembering her name. Or Aiko. Aiko was her name. Um, at the end, I thought like Aiko was gonna get like a record contract or like a record deal, or whatever. And then Kong Ming, uh, was gonna get like Isekai back to his world. That's what I envisioned was gonna happen, but like it did not happen. Spoiler alert: it did not happen. Um, and I'm kind of happy about that because I hope I really hope they give us a season two. Um, because this is a very good show. Really, really enjoyed it um so yeah that's your boy coming in at number six coming in at number five um i said this a while ago that this character is and i'd have to i'd have to reevaluate myself but i still kind of feel like i stick with it as well but I said that he was the better Gojo, and I'm kind of still with it as well. But Gojo Wakana for My Just a Darling, like, he was a, gr like, not a grown-ass man, but, like, he's a grown-ass teenager that, like, I kind of wanted to just, like, like, protect. Like, this dude, like, had a, had a passion for dolls. And the fact that, like, <sighs> It's weird because I feel like a lot of people can relate to Gojo in a sense of having weird passions or weird hobbies or unorthodox, uh, like, um, I guess, passions, I guess you could say, again. Um, and, like, it's kind of looked down upon. And the see like him looked down upon basically his whole life because he enjoyed building and painting Chinese, you know, the Chinese uh, dress-up dolls or whatever, really, like, uh, it resonated with me personally because, you know, it's 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 out of the norm of what people consider to be normal, you know? Uh, the norm of playing sports and, you know, looking pretty and looking handsome and going, going out and going to bars and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. Whereas Gojo just finds that passion and his happiness and his, his comfortability in making China dolls. Um... And I guess people were thrown off by him because of like his over, his like over, um, I wouldn't say sexualization, but I know other people would say sexualization in regards to like looking at the, the China dolls. But I think it's just the passion that his grandfather instilled to him, um, that now he has when it comes to making these dolls and like, uh, respecting their beauty as well. And then just his, 
you know, just his development with Marin along the way, like they, like they, they played off each other so well throughout the show. Like, literally filled my heart with joy watching that anime. And just seeing both him and Marin grow as characters was just really, was just really enjoyable. Like, he's just a, he's just, mm. He's just, he's just a character, like, I don't know, like, I just want to, like, like, give him, like, a pat on the head or something like that. I don't know, it's feel weird. Like, he feels, like, he feels like a little brother character, but, like, he's not a little brother character. You know what I mean? Um, I love Gojo. I think he's great. I love him. I think he's underappreciated. I really do. And that is Gojo coming in at number five. Coming in at number four. Kind of a badass dude with a heart of gold. And that's Toru Kirishima from Yakuza Babysitters. It it literally for me, it all came down to that like second to last episode where uh spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, where Yaka gets kidnapped by those gangsters and they're really out to just get some revenge on um Kitashima and once Yaika gets hit to the ground and like Kitashima like loses his fucking mind like I just like oh my fucking god and then the boss tells him like don't do anything drastic and he still just goes and fucks these dudes up like ah man and to see like his past and like uh to see his past to see his, um, you know, to see like Yaika's father take him in, like off the streets, and just give him like a home and give him like a job to do, like to protect the family and to protect Yaika as well, really just really, really fucking awesome. Really awesome main character. Um, and just throughout the whole show, he just got better and better through each episode. So. I really, re I really love them a lot. Uh, so, Kirishi coming in number four. I got a sneeze. It went away. Uh, coming in at number three. Another, another, <clears throat> another isekai anime. I think it's our first. Ah, uh, well, Kong Ming's an isekai anime. And uh, so is so is Skeleton Knight in another world. But coming in at number three, <clears throat> actually thought he was going to be a little bit higher. But there was two other guys who I just liked a little bit more than him. But he's still pretty fucking cool. And that is Leon Fu Fro Fru Fro Bartfort uh, from Ultima Game or Mobs whatever Ultima Game Mobs whatever. Basically, the dude who, like, gets isekai and he just wants to be, like, a background character, but, like, he's so fucking OP that he's not a background character because he's getting, like, the two hot ladies in the show. Um, and, like, he's just getting, like, all these awesome powers. The show would have been a lot better had the animation been a little bit better, but I, 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 like, I still like the animation. I thought it was pretty damn good. I just know a lot of people flacked on it for the animation, but super hyped that it's getting a season two. And uh, Leon just throughout the whole show was just hilarious. Um, the fact that he just like beat the shit out of like the five harem guys that are based around the game. The fact that he basically swoons the two main uh, heroines in in uh, Rafa and Olivia were their two names uh, pretty fucking cool but just throughout the show he just surpassed like expectations in my opinion kind of he has that you know generic male main character look the generic background character look which I liked uh, and I'm glad they used that in in the whole grand scheme of things and in 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 regards to his character but um yeah i just thought he was awesome <laughs> i just thought he was awesome and it's funny because the he he um 
he took on that role. Like he wanted that role as a background character. He wanted that role as a background character, and he and he didn't he didn't want to take it steps forward. Meanwhile, my number two favorite male character of the year wanted to take those steps forward, and he used his um, he used his you know his eighth grade syndrome or his Chinubio syndrome to create different sort of. To create a different sort of persona. So he had his background character mentality. And then he had his eminence and shadow personality as well. And with that, of course, I'm talking about Sid Kageno coming in as my second favorite male character uh, of the year. And I basically just broke it down for you right now. Like he's kind of like that mob character. Sid is an interesting character because in the real world, like he tried to gain these superpowers but failed miserably because he literally got hit by a truck um but he gets easy kai to this new world where superpowers and super human abilities exist so he trains his body day in and day out to try to get this power to become the eminence and shadow and it's something that you really like don't see along the way. You, you, he just kind of has it. Like he's basically born with it. Um, maybe it's Maybelline. So he has these powers and then he uh, obtains these like sh these girls who are quote unquote shadows. And they think they're working for him to uh, like save the world or whatever. Being in the um, shadow garden. So the group that he created is Shadow Garden. But at the end of the day, he just does not give a fuck. He really does not care about that at all. All he cares about is being the ultimate mob character and cares about his second persona and like people like worshiping him. Like if it it was if it it if like he people worshiping him as if he was like a fictional like god more or less but this is on his script which is hilarious and that's something i just really really fucking love that like he scripted everything that's it's funny because he feels like deadpool at times where deadpool breaks the fourth wall sid i feel like is on the border of breaking the fourth wall because he's writing his own script but the script obviously has writers like the anime itself has writers like the author like the and the author of Eminence and Shadow, obviously wrote Eminence and Shadow, but Sid just feels like he's writing the script, if that makes sense. Uh, and that's what makes me like him a little bit more. So that's Sid Kagano coming in at number two. Coming in at number one, <clears throat> and I did mention that. Um, I will be talking about my favorite male character of the season and of course who I think the best male character of the uh, not season of the year and who I think the best male character of the year is and it just so happens that in my opinion the best male character of the year is also my favorite male character of the year and that ladies and gentlemen is Lloyd Forger from Spike's family um, is there a little bit of bias there? Yeah, of course, there's a little bit of bias. Um, in regards to the character, in regards to the voice actor, in regards to the animation, in regards to me owning the manga, a couple volumes of the manga, uh, of course, there's a little bias there. But I think, um, I think Eguchi, uh, Eguchi, the VA, definitely brought Lloyd's character to life, and we got to see what Lloyd is capable of in regards to um like his life as a spy. And I thought that I thought the show really did a good job for him with him. And just seeing his development with Anyan and Yor and and Bond throughout the show was really, really, really good. I think there's a an abundance of other male characters that you could throw in the list for the best male of the year. Um depending on if you do roll over anime from the fault from fall of 2021 into 2022 you can look at boji you can look at um any of those guys from ranking of the kings you can look at any of the ones from 
um, Attack on Titan, uh, Demon Slayer, you can look at it as well. But I just found Lloyd to be more, more fun and interesting than most of those other characters. Aaron to me was just not, you know, was just not it. Um, I love Tanjiro, I really do. But you can only give a guy like so much. Like for me, I don't like to use repeating characters, uh, like seasonal repeating characters, uh, unless the season, unless the seasonal show has like a new character introduced. So, for, so, um, so for example, that's why I have nobody from Kaguya-sama Love Is War in here because yeah, I'd like to put Shirogani in there. I'd like to put, you know, um, Ishigami in there. But those guys, you know, they've they've already gotten their love. They've already gotten their due. So I usually like to give it to shows uh, or characters who are introduced at that time. And Lloyd for me was uh, my favorite, but I also feel like he uh, definitely had a bigger impact on the anime community than most other males this year in regards to anime now granted you can look into uh you know you look into um again some of the repeat seasonals like mob psycho uh what else could be out there honestly really nothing else in regards to the male character i mean i guess cyberpunk you could look into as well um but i just think lloyd topped them all i really do um and I I, I love him. <laughs> he's great. One of my he's definitely one of my uh, tops of all time. So <clears throat> that, ladies and gentlemen, is my top ten male characters of the year. And we're gonna continue this ride in just one second. I'm just gonna take a quick sip of water. All right, and with that, we're going to get... I know this is the one that everybody was looking for. All right, everybody loves their husbandos. I get it. I get it. But the show is called Waifus and Weeaboos. And you're probably saying to yourself, Nick, what about the waifus? What about the fucking waifus? What about my female characters? What about my babes? Well, technically, they're my babes. All right, they're my favorite females this year. So we're going to get into that right now. And a lot of you are going to be surprised about this list. Well, I mean, not surprised, but it's going to be a list of like, oh shit, I forgot that character existed. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I struggled with, obviously, I struggled with this one the most. I struggled with this one the most. And I was debating as to whether or not I should put her in here because she was a character that was from fall 2021 into, into winter 2022. But if I'm putting Sid in fall, I don't, I don't know. I just decided to put her in there because I loved her. And I think she had more of an impact in the, in, in the second season of How a Real Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom. And that is Aisha. Oh, no. Ooh, I lied. I lied. Hold on. I lied. It's not from How to Realist Hero beat, Rebuilt the Kingdom. It was actually Nim Riley from. Holy shit. I'm drawing a blank right now on it. Hold on. I got to pull it up. Sorry. The Twitch is, Twitch is, um, Twitch is seeing it, but I completely, I'm blanking on the name right now. I'm completely blanking on the name. It was a winter anime. Um, it kind of got put on the back burner because um, because My Dress Up Darling was airing that year as well, along with Demon Slayer and Attack on Titan. Um, but the Genius Prince, Genius Prince was the name of the show, and I also think that um, it got put on the back burner behind uh, Real Zero as well. But the Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of the Debt. And I had Nim Riley coming in at number 10. And I think that's going to be the first biggest surprise for some people because they're going to be like, holy shit, I forgot about Nim. Or who the fuck is Nim? Well, 
the only thing that you need to know about Nim is that, like, in the first, I think it was either the first, second, or third episode, like, I did not expect this anime to go down this route, but she, <clears throat> she goes onto this battlefield, right? And I'm thinking, like, haha, like, we're gonna have, like, a little stupid, like, slash, and, like, one's gonna fall, like, traditional anime fact, like, traditional anime, um, fashion, and everything's gonna be alright. She straight up fucking beheads some dude. Boom. Done. Cuts his head fucking right off. Head goes flying. Blood goes flying. Me watching it, I'm just like in fucking shock. Because I'm just like, what the hell just happened? Did she just really do that? Um. And it helps that Rei Takahashi does voice her as well. So like, there's that little added aspect to it. But Nim is fucking cool. She is a badass bitch. She is a badass bitch. Um, and the, and for her to like protect uh, the main character in that show, really, um, what's his name? I have his name down right here. Uh, Wayne. <clears throat> for her to protect Wayne, even though Wayne's pretty strong as well, uh, pretty fucking cool. Um, so I have Nin coming in at number 10. Badass bitch. Coming in at number nine. Gotta have some supernatural in there, ladies and gentlemen. Gotta have some supernatural. And by super and, and by super supernatural, I mean in the did not the I am just losing everything here, ladies and gentlemen. I mean in the demonic sense. And who's more of a demonic babe than Vermeil from Vermeil and Gold? Like she got those she got the devil horns. She got that hot devil tear. Hot devil tail. Alright. She got those elven ears, even though they're demon ears. She got those deep red eyes. She got them nice lips. She got the nice curves. She got that nice upper body. She got that nice ass. She got that nice swag. She got that nice drip. And she got that nice voice as well. I said it to my boy. <clears throat> I said it to my boy Rifle in the What Do You Say anime uh guys podcast the first day shout out to my shout out to the boys at what do you say anime by the way of course that i said in the first episode i said rifle i don't know about her voice something something is wrong about it and then like in episode two I, like i got fucking melted from her i got melted by her and the fact that like she she, you know, got swooned by Alto and she had those embarrassing moments and she just wasn't like a demonic fucking bitch all the times. Whew, got my got my blood pumping, ladies and gentlemen. Got my blood pumping. Uh, I don't think she'll be on like the top memorable characters, but like she was definitely one. Of, she like, mm, I would get a Vermeil figure. I would. We're at, we're in this we're in the sense of we're in the scene right now of you know of these females of these characters would I get a you know would I get a figure of them and I would get a Vermeil figure straight up easy easy <clears throat> so that's Vermeil coming in at number nine coming in at number eight we got one girl who definitely broke the mold for me as a female character. She really did. Um, when she first got introduced, she was kind of mean. She didn't want to do anything. She was just very like, stick to the script, stick to the script, stick to the plan, stick to the, stick to the rules, everything. And that's Takina Inoue from Licorice Recoil. Like, in the first two episodes, I said, man, I fucking hate her. Because she was just the generic, like, bam, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And then the development she had with Chisato. And the love that grew, not only between those two, but between everybody at the cafe. Like, just only molded her into a way better character. 
way fucking better character in the sense of likability, in the sense of enjoyment, and just in the sense of happiness. Like when she made that chocolate parfait and they had it like they had it on like Twitter, I guess, and people were just like, she made a fucking shit parfait. I was fucking dying. I was fucking dying during that time. All right. Then, like, at the end, like, she's a badass bitch. She fights that one chick at the end because, I mean, I want to give spoilers or whatever, but, like, she got to save, she got to get the heart. She's got to get the heart. And the only way to get the heart is put, like, her her body, she puts her fucking body on the line. She's outside. She's swinging from fences. She's on, like, a fucking tightrope shooting at people. Talking is a badass bitch. Um... And like again, my love for her, we—it's like Drake. Like I started from the bottom, and then I was there, man. Like my love for her grew fast, fast. And talking to coming in at number eight, I mean, because she's coming in at number eight, because coming in at number seven is Chisato. Like they're hand in hand. I just like Chisato a little bit more than Takina because she just had that bubbly personality. She just had that likability to her. Um, of course you can't forget about Sakana and Nchiari! like, ah, uh, man, the voice actors for both of them just did a tremendous, tremendous job. Um, and I feel like a lot of people will have Chiaki, um, Chiaki, I'm sorry, um, Chisaki in their, uh, Chisato, I'm, I'm, I'm combining her name, Chisato Nishigaki. A lot of people will have Chisato in their, you know, up for their top favorite females of the of the year, in all honesty. And like I, I and I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock it. Chisato is a great female character. Takina is a great female character as well. But I think, I do think Chisato had a little bit more impact on the anime community than Takina did, um, just because of the shit that Chisato did, that she wasn't, that she didn't use uh, real bullets, that she used rubber bullets. And that she had a lot of Bruce Lee references throughout the show. I thought that was really fucking cool as well. Um, so, Chisato coming in at number seven on my top ten favorite females of the season. Coming in at number six, I honestly forget. Um, but I think we're at the point now where I started the female list. Where I was mentioning Real Asiro and everything. And I believe I'm out there now because I only wrote in my list. I only wrote females 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. But coming in at number 6, I remember, is Aisha Udgard from uh, The Realist Hero Tries to Rebuild This Kingdom. Like, Dark Elf Warrior Race, who's bashful, kind of, kind of stupid like kind of shy loves loves her friends loves you know loves the king I, like i got nothing else it's, it's the it's the dark elf aspect of the thing that made me fall in love with aisha um she, she was just a very likable character for me and i, I would i would a hundred percent get it's weird because Aisha's a rollover. So here's the thing. Here's a little bit of spoiler. I'm not going to put, um, I'm not going to put, uh, Vladelina in there. I really didn't put anybody in 86 over there because I think, um, and I kind of regret there now because I think Shin from 86 had a better impact in season two than he did in season one. So I feel like I put, I should have put Shin in the list as well. So, we'll throw Shin in. Shin's a great character, but I digress. I didn't want to put Lena in the mix because I felt like uh, Lena had a bigger impact in part one or season one of 86 than she did in uh, season two. Because season two was mainly about the like the 86 crew with Shin and everybody else. Um, so, I have Aisha coming in at number six. Coming in at number five is what I like to call the biased. Is what I call the biased bracket, I guess you could say. And I say that because I am 
I'm familiar with um, not only this one character, but two characters. I'm familiar with both these characters. Excuse me. And I had a protein shake before I started this. Whoo, man. I have a I have a uh, the bias bracket right here at number five. But I have two characters in it because I'm biased for both of them, and they do and they both deserve to be in the list. But I put them in the list because I'm biased. And that's first coming in at number five is Power from Chainsaw Man. All right, I know all about Power. I've read Chainsaw Man, um, but again, it comes down to the voice actor giving Power that life. Um. And just everything about her was just fucking hilarious. And that's my... This is my biased... My biased... Towards power. Okay? I'm biased towards power. So that's why power is number five. Helps that the voice actor gave her a life. Helps that... Power is just fucking awesome as a character in general. She's way better than Makima. She's way better than Reze. She's the best female character in this show, in my opinion. Done. Okay. Now I did take a little bit of time off of Chainsaw Man, so they may have introduced more female characters in the manga, but we'll find out about that later. Now, in my second half of my of my uh, bracket, my bias bracket comes down to My Hero Academia, with the introduction of Mirko as well. Mirko again comes to the dark-skinned rabbit girl, who's just a fucking badass bitch. But again, it comes to bias again because I've read My Hero Academia. But there's the bias because the voice actor gave her life and the action. And I've said this, I've said this in, I've said this in discords and in forum sites or whatever. Action anime is way better than action manga. Because when fights are animated, I just, I opinionly, this is my opinion, all right? Like when fights are animated, they're anim like I'm here to watch a fight. I'm not here to read a fight, right? I can read romance manga easily. I can read slice of life manga easily. Like I can read that manga easily. Horror, whatever. Action manga, Naruto, you know, my hero, any of that. Even Chainsaw Man. Like I just have a more enjoyable time watching the anime which is weird because i'm still reading the subtitles when it comes to anime but the mirka fights were fucking incredible fucking incredible so that's my bias bracket right there coming in at number five coming in at number four we talked about her already and she was another character. I don't I don't like this. Here's the thing. There's a lot of anime out there now with like the villainous does this, the villainous blah blah blah, the villainous blah blah blah. And this show kind of did it, but this character had the tsundere aspect to her, and I just am not big on the tsundere thing. But for some reason, Rafa Redgrave from um, from mobs, ultimate game, mobs, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We've already talked about it. Just filled my heart with joy throughout the whole show. Um, like, mainly because I guess she was put down and, and Leon was there to, like, pick her up and Olivia was there to, like, pick her up. And just the smile and she just brought me joy throughout like watching that whole show like olivia was great too don't get me wrong but i just i just love i loved rafa more than i loved olivia i loved rafa more than i liked leon in all honesty um she was the she is the best character in that story in my opinion she's the best character in that story coming in at number three <laughs> And this is the one you've been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, because my third favorite female character, of the year, my third favorite female character of the year is, in my opinion, the best female out of the year of 2022. 
Um, I think she paved the way, not paved the way, but I think she set the tone for who, for like what some of these characters, like so, what some of the other these characters had to look forward to. And it's a shame that she was put in the winter because you think she was going to, you know, decline. But honestly, to see the increase in manga sales, to see the increase in merch, and to see the increase in the gal aspect of things because of her really put things in perspective for me. And that is why, ladies and gentlemen, coming in at my third favorite female of the year, but in my opinion, the best female character of the year is Marin Kitagawa from My Dress Up Darling. I th obviously the argument can be made, but the th the big thing that I loved about Marin, all right, not that she was a gal, a gale, not that she was a gal, um, not that she was like the popular busty type, the, you know, the piercings, the, you know, the willingness to just take off her clothes, like any of that, none of that mattered to me, none of that, all right, none of that. None of that shit mattered. The thing that mattered to me and the thing that really made me love Marin as a character was that she realized immediately that she was in love with fucking Gojo. Simple as that. It's as simple as that. There was no beating around the bush. There was no oh, what is this feeling? There was no, what is happening? There is no, I don't know, what, what am I doing? There's no, I'm sick. It's fucking, bam. This guy thinks I'm pretty, all right? There's a spark going. Things go along. She realizes, holy shit, I'm in love with this guy. Done. That's it. That's, that is the reason why Marin, in my opinion, is the best girl of the year. Because you get all these other romance shows, you get all this bullshit, you get all this drama, you get all this build-up, whatever. Look at fucking Rent-A-Girlfriend. Look at fucking Rent-A-Girlfriend. I'm looking at you, Rent-A-Girlfriend. I'm looking dead ass in my camera right now. Fuck you. Alright? Fuck you for milking these people out of their fucking time reading your shit okay fuck you stop reading run a girlfriend it's fucking trash all right marin tops of the year animation helped her tremendously all right and to have this girl have a passion in cosplay as well sh shit at the best of both worlds. You got a hottie, you got a Kazi, and you got a girl who knows that she's in love and she wants to be with this guy. Well, I mean, obviously she's taking it like slow or whatever, and like she's like she's she wants to consider his feelings, which makes things fucking better. She wants to consider his feelings too. Mm, my god, I can't, I can't. I can't. Marin is my favorite. Marin is number three on my list, but she's arguably not by much. Not by much. You want to put some repeat characters in there for characters of the year? Be glad. Give you some examples. I didn't put uh, I didn't put Kudumi in there from Day Day Live because she's been introduced before. But Kudumi arguably saved season four of Day Day Live because it was dog shit for the first eight episodes, and then they got in the Kudumi's arc, and the show fucking did a complete one eighty and got insanely better. All right. You want to talk about people from Demon Slayer? You want to talk about people from Attack on Titan? You want to? We can fucking talk about those continuations. Venetus. All right. Well, maybe not Venetus, but um, what are those? What's that? Um, you can look at Uzaki. You can look at um, Takagi-san. Season three, Takagi-san. She was great, but. <laughs> I don't put her in there. All right. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you're going to have Chisato go against her. You're going to have, you know, Anya go up against her. You're going to have, like, the big the big names go up against Marin. But in my opinion, Marin is the best female character of the year. Of course, it's up for debate, but I, I, I don't think it's a debate, in all honesty. Coming in at number two, I got a thing for sexy vampires, and I'm talking about Nazuna Nanaxa. Um... Just Sora Amamiya killed killed her all. She really did. Um, Nazuna is a simple. Nazuna was a simple character to like. Her design was cool. I love the color of her hair, um, the pigtails, the the spin tails, all that shit was just great. Um, her living style, playing the PlayStation, being out with Ko. She was just a very fun and enjoyable character. And seeing her develop, like, she helped Ko develop, but Ko also helped develop her as well in the trying to understand what love actually is. And, man, from where the show started to where it ended, where it ended, and the flip-flop happening at the vending machine was just so fucking good. The end of the like the end of this show, and I'm praying for a season two. If not, I'm going to read the manga. But I love I I I, I love Nazuna. I want I want a figure of her. And like just to be like her in the opening and the ending, especially the ending. Like when she's throwing, when she's kicking the globe and like she's in the, I would want a figure of her in the glass of champagne. That's what I fucking want. Like at the end of the, sh like at the end, like in the ending song, she's in that bottle of champagne. That's what I want. Or I want her biting that lemon. That's what I want. Or I'm going to fucking say it. I want her in that, like drop it down low stripper pose. Yes, I want it. I said it there. Give me that figure. On to the next one. Nazuna coming in at number two. If you know me, you know me fucking well enough to know who number one is. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, you already fucking know that it's your forger from Spy X Family. Alright. My ideal fucking woman. My ideal waifu. Top tier. Top tier. Top. The cream of the crop. She is the cream of the crop in regards to the waifus, ladies and gentlemen. Top tier, red eyes, got that long black hair, got that 10 out of 10 body, dynamite, fucking badass assassin. The only reason why, a bad cook, don't get me wrong. The only reason why I think she's not gonna be up for female character year in a lot of other categories is because they really didn't develop more of her. Um, assassin background during season i guess part one and part two of spy x family but the people people who read the manga know that that anime watchers are going to be in for a treat soon all right like they're gonna be in for a treat yo i fucking love your your is <sighs> she's slow <sighs> Would she be top five? I'd have to reevaluate everything. But like literally, I went hog wild this year, buying pieces of art of her, buying other things of her. I have figures on back order right now for your um, I fucking love your so much. I follow like six different your pages on like Facebook and Instagram and and um and Twitter just because I love seeing different pieces of artwork and like seeing different uh versions of your that you don't usually see throughout the anime and I, I mean obviously it's the sexiness factor to your as well but like what makes me love her even more is just like her motherly instincts towards anya when like it's not even her kid like she wants to protect anya she wants to protect the relationship she has with anya and she wants to protect that relationship she has with Lloyd too. Like she is pretending she is pretending to be his wife. And 
she wants to protect that, and that's special to her. And and, and I find that like fucking admirable. Um, she's just a sweetie pie. I fucking love your so much. I like I could I could literally sit here and just say I fucking love your so much for like the next like forty minutes and just like get my point across as to why your is my favorite female character from this year. Um, <laughs> but that would be like an awful podcast episode. So. <clears throat> So that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's run it back real quick. Um, we'll start from the male character aspect of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Coming in at number 10 was Ark from Skeleton Knight. Coming in at number 9 was Bisco from Sabake Bisco. I'm going to start reading off that. Coming in at number 8 was uh, Yamamari Ko from Call of the Night. Coming in at number 7 was Oji-san from Isekai Oji-san. Coming in at number six was your boy Kong Ming from, of course, your boy Kong Ming. Coming in at number five was Gojo Wakana from My Trust of Darling. Coming in at number four was Toru Kirishima from um, Yakuza Babysitters. Coming in at number three was Leon Fo Bartfort from Ultimate Game Mobs, blah, 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 blah. Coming in at number two was Sid Kageno from Eminence and Shadow. And coming in at number one, uh, from Spy Family, and also who I think was the best male character of the year overall, was Lloyd Forger. Now, for the females, coming in at number 10 was Nim Raleigh. Coming in at number... Uh, Nim Raleigh from uh, the Genius Prince who tried to save the kingdom. Um, coming in at number 9 was Vermeil from Vermeil and Gold. Coming in at number 8 was Takina Inoue, uh, followed up by number seven, Inchisato Nishigaki, both from Ligorous Recoil. Coming in at number six was Aisha Udgard from Realist Hero. Coming in at number five was a double doozy. It was uh, what I called the um, the bias bracket. And we had both Power from Chainsaw Man and, um, and Mitiko from My Hero Academia. The reason I had them in the same bracket and both at number five is because I'm biased and they're both biased picks. And my love for them stents from my reading this of the manga. So I had them both at number five. Coming in at number four was Angelica Raff of Red Gave from Ultima Game Mobs, whatever the whole thing is called. Uh, coming in at number three was my third favorite female character of the year, but also who I think is the best female character of the year overall was Marin Kitagawa from My Dress Up Darling. Coming in at number two was Nazuna Nanaksa from Call of the Night. And of course, my favorite female character from the year is your forger from Spy X Family. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen, for this episode of the Waifus and Weeaboos podcast. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Make sure to check out all the socials, uh, Waifus and Weeaboos on Facebook, Waifus and Weeaboos on Twitter. Definitely check out the Twitter. That's where I post a lot of my seasonal shit. Um, Source Sensei 1, we're live on Twitch right now doing the live episode of the podcast where you can get pictures, you can see the pictures, and you can also see me like doing other things like shutting the recording down and leaving the room because I got to take my dog out. So you get that as well. You also get to see some other stuff. You get to see my room and how much of a fucking weeaboo I am with all my shit on my walls. Um, and you also get to see my Kagiya bunny statue as well. So that little, little tempt there for you. All right. Little temptation there for you. Uh, but yeah, Source Sensei One on Twitch, Source Sensei One on TikTok, and of course, you can follow me on Tumblr, even though I really don't think anybody uses Tumblr anymore, NJOtaku on Tumblr as well. If you're looking for some of the best stickers, peekers, uh, t shirts, anything in regards to the anime, check out sukawai.com. Use the promo code Source Sensei One, save 5% off your entire order. Um, I think he just o- uploaded some new stuff. I think he's got a Kirby with a knife. As one of the stickers, he's got a Kirby with a knife. And I think he uploaded some of the seasonals as well. I'd have to double check what they are. But I know he's got Kirby with a knife. It's pretty funny looking. Um, I like it a lot. So definitely check that out. Sukawai.com. Use promo code SourceSensei1. Save 5% off your entire order. <clears throat> also, um, if you were looking for any other podcast that might interest you, uh, check out Geekscape.net. Um definitely a whole bunch like this uh, this episode of the podcast while on all of the streaming platforms 
Side note, make sure you subscribe to all the streaming platforms as well. Uh, we are also, I am also on Geekscape.net as well. So check out Geekscape.net for many, many other podcasts as well. And if you're looking for another great anime podcast, of course, check out the boys at What Do You Say Anime um, as well. You can find their uh, YouTube, their Twitter, everything. Just look up What Do You Say Anime uh, and give those boys a listen to. They're great. Fucking awesome. I love those guys so much. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen, for this episode of the Waifus and Weebus podcast. Stay tuned next week, or the next episode is the 2022 year in review episode. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Waifus and Weebus podcast. And we will see you soon. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 